Manuel Bolly is a men's coach and author and the founder of Holistic Manhood. What happened within that destruction? Well, you indulge, you're basically chasing pleasure, honestly, because you're chasing hookups. I always say that this is a spiritual annihilation because you're doing yourself a harm and you're harming other women, especially with bad intentions. He specializes in helping men build loving relationships to themselves and to their partner. This means building mental strength, overcoming fears, healing from past traumas, becoming grounded in oneself, being aware of one's emotional triggers and much more. I was suicidal. I thought about killing myself and I was okay. If I wanted to continue and I was like, yeah, actually I want to continue. And I thought to myself, okay, I want to actually make something better. Like I always wanted to have a great family, great healthy family, because I also didn't grow up in great circumstances. So that was always a big goal of mine. And told to myself, okay, listen, if I don't do something right now, I'm gone. Manuel has been an absolute go-to for myself and for many men in this space. Did you retain your saving for nine months? Did I hear that correctly? Uh, yeah. <laughs> And how did that affect your life? Before we begin today's episode, I would really appreciate a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. This helps to get the message out there to men and therefore encourage and inspire them to level up their life. So without further ado, this is the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan. Thank you for tuning in. So Manuel, you talk a lot about masculinity, healthy masculinity. My first question to you is, can you tell me about a time where you weren't practicing healthy masculinity and what did your life look like at that point? Well, it has been a long journey, you know, so starting from, from early adolescence. You know, like it is with most men with no direction, no vision, no purpose. So that's, I believe, the first step of your development. And many men like myself get into a even worse state after that, honestly. I'm not sure if you're aware of the red pill. Mm -hmm. And I do talk a lot uh, about it a lot because I think it, it has good sides, but it also has a lot of negative sides. And when you get into it in a very vulnerable stage, and this is something I'm still working on, and you're getting bombarded with all those negative affirmations like all women cheat, all women, uh, women monkey branch, and, you know, basically spinning plates and all that type of stuff. So that's a negative form of masculinity. It, helps, it has some positives, right? It gives you or it tells you to work on your self-worth, to come become more confident, to work on your body, to work on your mind, to improve, improve yourself. So that's all the good stuff. But with spinning plates and all of that, I simply don't agree with it anymore. So those are the two stages. Like I, I like to, to explain it in a way like first you're basically blue pills, then you're red pilled, and the next step is God pilled or divine pilled. So it's basically... The, the worst days, honestly, haven't been my blue-pilled days. Like, those were the, the lesser harmful days. But the what was more destructive and self-destructive was actually the red pill. 
what happened within that destruction? Well, you indulge, you're basically chasing pleasure, honestly, because you're chasing hookups. And I, I, I always say that this is a spiritual annihilation because you're doing yourself a harm and you're harming other women, especially with bad intentions. You know, like, I'm not sure how aware you are of this, but you often kind of manipulate and make false hopes just to maintain your rotation and all of that. And it really just causes bad blood and it's really just bad for the spirit. Yeah. You're not living in line with your integrity. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. How did you become realigned with integrity? Well, it has been, it, it's all a path, you know. I'm I'm still detaching from the negative sides of the Red Bull. I gotta say that, like I just we all? really recently got a lot into religion. Like just recently, I really started believing into God. Like I believed into the universe and law of attraction and all of that before that. But now I really believe in God, and it's really like, why why is that? It's intention, honestly. You just it feels right. You know, you you just you just dig deeper into it, especially with all the knowledge I already had from learning about psychology, evolutionary psychology, getting more into dating, more into um, also law of the universe or yeah, law of the universe. And then you you dig into the Bible and you see that it's very similar actually, and that all the informations you have gathered elsewhere are already written in the Bible actually. Mm -hmm. So how's your life changed then, having brought God into the equation? Very positively, honestly. Like, especially when it comes to being anxious and stressed, as well as building more positive relationships. Like, they, those are the two major points. You know, I've always been, and I believe most men who are young live a very stressful life and really put a lot of pressure on themselves. And maybe even have a lot of fear of failure. And you and you know, if you trust God, like if you know, okay, hey, listen, I'm a good man. I do the best to my abilities. I trust in God. Like things will simply fall in place. Is your idea of God simply a higher power? Or do you believe that there's actual there's an actual being there? Let's say I don't believe in a in a white man with beard, but I do more believe in a higher power. Like it's, that's something I'm still digging. As I said, like I'm, I'm just starting to dig deeper into religion and I just see it as a higher power. You know, I, I say, I don't care how you call it, you know, call it Allah, call it God, call it the universe, right? But something exists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's to almost, you submit yourself to that higher power at times of vulnerability. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And this guides you a certain direction or offers some sort of insight or answers or clarity of purpose? Yes, also. Mm -hmm. Like, as especially, um, you know, I'm, I'm more of a... I, I don't want to consider myself a dating coach. I'm a man's coach, but with a emphasis on dating. And especially when it comes to dating and, you know, giving general advice okay, how do you act in a relationship? It's all there. It's all written. How do you act as a man? Like outside of a relationship, what are, are masculine virtues? All in the Bible. Mm -hmm. the, the reason I'm asking so many questions about that is because 
I've interviewed many men's coaches here on this podcast and many of these are in a similar situation as yourself where they're detaching from the red pill and moving towards what you may call the higher power gold pill, whatever it is that you'd like to uh, term that phrase. And I've noticed that many of them are also bringing God into the equation. Now, again, the other reason I'm asking the question is this is not something I've done. I've not found God or maybe even seeked him out. But having these types of conversations with yourself and others does does bring some curiosity to my life in terms of something I may be lacking to bring me to the next level. Do you feel that's something that has enabled you to get to the next level? Absolutely, yes. Like generally, I wouldn't say technically getting more religious, but always that spiritual belief, like it has always been a guidance. It has always, like I'm a firm believer, like still I do, as I get, again, call it how you want. You may call it God's grace or you may call it law of attraction, but I do believe in it. I do believe in it that, and I always say that, that you attract what you align yourself with. And I've always, it, it also had helped me a lot. Like I've always believed that, okay, if I work on myself, if I align myself with, if I use that affirmations, and if I work to justify, of course, I will get there. Mm-hmm. So it's always been a spiritual belief that has guided me through all of this. Yes, I get you now. I'm probably there with you. I just, if, I don't know if uncomfortable is the right word, but I have my misconceptions with the word God. And maybe that's because of how we were brought up to perceive God as this, as you mentioned, this guy with the white beard. <laughs> so for me, energy is very important. I think that's something you're speaking about is bringing your own energy frequency up to a, a higher level, which can be done through some spiritual work, some inner work. And that's something I've done. And, uh, but I, I, I simply wouldn't call it finding God or finding a higher power. I think the power is within and it's a matter of cultivating the power within so that your life on the outside becomes a lot more powerful or you, again, powerful may be the wrong term there, but you have an effect on the world instead of the world having an effect on you if you know what I mean. So, that makes sense? It makes sense, yes. You can relate to that. I can relate to that and I even agree with it. Like, you're, excuse that, you're basically describing inner work, which is also important, right? And it's, it's everything is really complex and I've read a lot of, a, a lot of books, a lot of psychiatric literature, uh, literature and the, the, topic of God has also something, a lot of, a lot to do with it. And I've read about several cases, cases in which acceptance of God led to betterment. And in some cases, the belief in God has led to bad conditioning. So it both exists. Mm. You know, as you said, it is, it is important to, because you said, um, basically take responsibility and do the work within. And when I say, okay, trusting God, I don't mean that, for example, okay, life is happening to you, that, okay, you can't do anything about it. 
So like God is just, you know, doing what he wants to do and you have no power over it. That's not what I mean with it. It's just technically having faith, believing, especially again, maybe God, it may be yeah, trusting God. It can be okay. Trust in the process, but whatever it is, um, just think about that. There will be a positive outcome. Don't tell yourself, oh, my life is bad because I don't do my prayers. I will suffer because I'm a sinner, da, da, da. Like that doesn't serve anything. And that's not the point of faith, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. And I read one of your tweets there a while ago that uh, chasing excellence requires sacrifice. So as you chase excellence in your own life, what are some of the things you've had to sacrifice in order to attain that or in order to move towards that? Primarily a lot of time and money, of course, but primarily time, let's face it. If you are a young man, and by the way, um, I'm 24 years old. I know you, you have that in front of yours, but never mind. So I'm, I'm still a young man. And what do young men do in my age, right? You have parties, you have that, you hang out, hanging with the boys, playing video games enjoying as a quote unquote enjoying life right and even family events you know like I've, I've birthdays holidays i missed a lot of them simply because i was hey, saying hey i need to focus on building my business i need to focus on myself time with friends like i had a time where i went nine months full in all in and went on semen retention, didn't date. And I even only met my friends every three months, you know, so I was basically completely almost isolated. So it's a lot of time, which I will need to sacrifice. And also the money, the money in education, buying those books, buying those courses, getting yourself a mentor, gym memberships, etc. you know. Did you retain your semen for nine months? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. <laughs> and how did that affect your life? Because this is a, obviously a, a massive, could we call it a trend at the moment? A, a masculine trend potentially, the, the no fap. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot that favor it and there's a lot that uh, deem it as unnecessary. So having done nine months of it. I preach it, what, honestly. What, what was your experience like? Yeah. It was very interesting, um, actually primarily like only positive, of course, in the moments it is not so positive, but looking back at it, you first of all, um, let's talk about the benefits. You gain extreme drive, extreme focus, also more confidence. Um, in general, not watching porn will lead to healthier relationships, especially sexual. You will have more attraction towards women are more interested in having healthy relationships with them. And again, as I said, the drive, the motivation, the focus and the bad thing, like, which is actually a good thing, but in the moment it's bad. You also have a complete reverse of it. Like you have, I'm not sure how it's called. It's flatline. It's called flatline, hmm. no fair flatline. And that's basically a, a reverse of the positive effects. And that's really something that has helped me getting to know myself better because I learned in those nine months why 
uh, what the reason was why it was actually relapsing because you get all those feelings, right? And then you, you start listening. Okay. Why am I feeling that way? That can be depression. That can be feelings of loneliness, etc. Extreme lust, of course. So the flat line is the extreme test where you either pass or fail ultimately. Is it, is that, is that correct? Absolutely. Where all the pain comes to the surface that you've been escaping through these pleasures of ejaculation or porn or hookups or women. Yes, it is. I describe it that um, the flat line is the first big sign that your brain is rewiring. You know, you're primarily because of dopamine also, you know, if you because when you watch porn, when you masturbate, you, of course, release massive amounts of dopamine. And when you no longer do that, when you're no longer doing that, your brain, brain goes, Hey, what's up with that? And then you may feel down, feel depressed, feel low motivation. But of course, it's also, as I said, feelings of loneliness, because maybe you're single, you're on your own. Many people use PMO to feel intimacy, you know, orgasm serves not just pleasure, but also for intimacy. A lot of men do that as well. What's, what's PMO? Uh, Bar masturbation orgasm. Okay. Oh yes, yes, yes. All right. <laughs> I'd never heard that term before. Okay. <laughs> Very good. So from your own perspective, how did you manage to hang in there for nine months? Like what, like that's serious discipline. I haven't done nine months. I might have done nine weeks, nine months. No. And that's a serious discipline. And I'd imagine you had to link that pursuit to an extremely high purpose or extremely defined purpose in your life to get you Absolutely. through. Yeah. Was that it? Absolutely. Like, why did I start doing it? First of all, because at that time I was really unhappy with my life. I was working a job I hate, but I was building my online business. So I, I, w I told myself, okay, hey, I need to do something. I really hate this job. I need to look down on it. And those nine months, like, progressed, helped me progress so much. I could, I was able to quit that job within two years of just starting my online business and blocking in for those nine months was just of tremendous help. And that's also, of course, where the energy went. It was the first time where I was at the very beginning of my online business journey and when I was writing my first book. And in those nine months, I completed writing my first book. So that's where all the energy went into. Amazing. Now that's, yeah, I'm, I'm smiling when you say the book, because that's something I did whilst I wrote my third book, which is coming out this year was, it was uh, no fap for a couple of months until I got that book complete and yeah, massive, massive clarity, focus, drive, as you, as you mentioned, all of those. And I experimented with this. Obviously we hear this term being thrown around a lot and I'm, when it comes to something like that, I'll try it, see if it works. If it, if it works, yes, I'll continue to do it. If it doesn't work, I'll park it because I don't believe everything works for everybody. So I can tell you, yeah, the, the book was written in two months, uh, through my immense drive and, and determination and focus and clarity. And, and so that's my experience with it. But what did your relationships look like over that nine month period? Like, did you 
have women in your life or was that something that you also part? Absolutely. Um, I was single at that time. It was in my red pill time. So I was spinning plates before, but I was still single. And when I went on semen retention, I just didn't date at all. No woman, as I said, I, I barely met my own friends anymore in that time. So no, like the, maybe I saw a woman in the gym or something like that, but I didn't meet up with them intentionally. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the real test, isn't it? When those thirst traps are placed in front of you. Well, sometimes it depends. Sometimes it's very hard, but I, I must say that in those, like in that time, I really had something else in my mind. Like sometimes you just have a different priority and you don't care about women at all. Like it was easier than expected, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course, you will feel lust, you will feel horny, da-da-da. You, you, you were men, right? But when you're in a place where you tell yourself, okay, I need to get out of this situation, you don't even want to date a lot or have a lot of sex and it's you don't distraction. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it even lowers your libido. You know, if you're really stressed and really unhappy with your life, you don't want to have sex in the first place. So that was a big help. It was, again, it was easier than expected. Mm -hmm. So how has your attitude towards women changed since then? Very positively. Um, first of all, like. You need to understand a little bit of background. Like I was highly addicted to porn. Like I, I, sometimes I fapped three times per day and stuff like that. And of course with the red pills, spinning all those plates, having all those options, it didn't like, I, I didn't watch porn and masturbate to it, but I technically used woman as a masturbation device. So not a lot, like not better at all. Yeah. And after those nine months of semen retention, I saw them differently. Like I didn't, most of women, I didn't even look at with lust. Like that is something where I really trained my mind to not look at all this thirst trap, as you said, in the gym, like you see all this woman running around. I didn't even care anymore. Yeah. Because through an excessive amount of porn use, you've, you begin to pornify women. Absolutely. Yeah. And then in the absence of porn and through that healing process, you began to change your perspective on, on women and see them as something different. Well, just more human beings, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what was the turning point there? You, you were in a job that you hated. And then I know there's a, I know it wasn't a, a sudden decision, but you're in a job that you hate. You're addicted to porn. You're stuck in this red pill, red pill attitude as to how to live your life and how to navigate your, your, yourself through this world. And then you're doing nine months of semen retention. You're writing a book, you're developing an online business. You, you've established a high purpose in your life. How, how, how did that happen? What was the turning point? What do you believe the turning point was? <laughs> it just could be anything. Could it be anything? No, no, no. Right. Well, that was the, was also like I was also depressed. But okay, let let's say the turning point. A, a, a breakup. 
Yeah. <laughs> like it is with most young men, you know, okay. you, you're just, first of all, you're blind, of course, you know, you're, you're blue pills. You're not seeing the things as they really are. You are getting born into the middle class. You, you, like you have no idea of the world. You're a young man, you know, and you just get your job. Like, first of all, go to school, get your job. And when you don't, when I believe when something doesn't happen, like you need to have an emotional event, doesn't need to be a breakup, but an emotional event, you will stay the same. You will stay in, in the, in that cycle. You will just be in the middle class, do the same as your parents did, get kids, put them into school, da, 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 and cycle continues. But when you have that emotional event, you start to wake up simply. It was in my case, it was like, okay, listen, I got to do something about my life right now. Because, um, I, I'm, as I said, I told you at the beginning, I'm very honest. I was suicidal. I thought about killing myself and I was okay. If I wanted to continue and I was like, yeah, I actually, I want to continue. And I thought to myself, okay, I want to actually make something better. Like I always wanted to have a great family, great, healthy family. Because I also didn't grow up in great circumstances. So I would like that. That was always a big goal of mine and told to myself, okay, listen, if I don't do something right now, I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And that was like, okay, then I started hitting the gym. Then I started getting into self-improvement and then I started accumulating wisdom, working on my mindset and all that stuff. And that business, like building my own business was two years later, you know, first of all, you got to have a competence. Yeah. What did uh, that difficult background consist of? Um, <clears throat> it was abusive, physically abusive. Go on. Well, um, first of all, you, you need to understand both of my parents are heavy narcissists. So that of course is very difficult when you're a child. They were too unhealed or too um, busy with dealing with their own stuff to support their own children. And my father was physically abusive. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I always say in suboptimal circumstances, but it's, it's really bad. And it's really bad when you grow up in those circumstances and you will have to do a lot of healing. You will have to work a lot on yourself to get over all of this. Yeah. Hence the porn use. Because the porn was never the problem. It was the pain behind the porn that was the problem. The lack of emotional intimacy that you that you were neglected of in your childhood, which you then craved. Correct. Later on in your life. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So through was it through the process of retention that you went through that healing process too, or was there other aspects or avenues that you also ventured down in order to heal that part of your life? Uh, what exactly do you mean? Like heal that porn addiction or what heal, part? He, heal the pain behind the porn addiction. Obviously, you come from a very painful childhood, which had a ripple effect onto your adulthood. So having to go back there and heal the childhood wounds, what did that look like? It's a continuous process. And I believe like I'm not even fully healed yet. Like, as you know, those things, when you 
grow up and have a childhood like this, those things are very deeply ingrained. You may be aware of them, but they're not fully healed yet. And it's just a continuous progress. It's, I mean, it's getting better, 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 and it's 100 times, like 1000 times better, but you still have certain triggers, you know, like certain, um, triggers from traumas you had, like maybe your parents did that and that, or maybe they neglected you, then get you, you get into a relationship, your partner does something similar that triggers you, etc. So that's all, it's a continuous progress. And it's, it's basically just building blocks. It's many, many things. It's self-awareness, building yourself, getting confident in yourself, getting grounded in yourself. Um, also making something out of your life. As I said, it's, it's not just hitting the gym, working on yourself. It's creating a life you genuinely enjoy to live and also working with a therapist, you know, or with a coach who can help you, who can give you greater insights who can give you the right tools to cope with that. So it's, it's, it's a lot of things that go into that. What are some of those tools that you use? Um, the biggest or the best tool, the tool that helped me the most was positive reframing. Positive reframing technically means, for example, okay, I had a bad childhood, but that bad childhood turned me into the person I am today. Um, the reason that my parents couldn't take care of myself is now the reason that I am so successful that I can do everything by myself, etc. Same with relationships. Okay. The relationship breakup, like the breakup, it was deep emotional pain, but that breakup lets me, lets me to being who I am today, a successful man who loves his life, loves himself and has a healthy relationship now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's basically about seeing the positives in it. Mm -hmm. Find the gratitude in the difficult situations in your life, which are ultimately the lessons and the experience that you can use to improve your situation and improve, improve your life, which you have done so. So, Correct. So if there was a man going through a similar shitstorm as you were going through in your late teens, early 20s, what would be the first step you'd recommend he, he takes. He could be going through a breakup and heartbroken over this woman. He could be addicted to porn. He could have suicidal thoughts or be depressed. You've gone through every one of these. You have information and you've developed tools and strategies and awareness based on your experiences. So what strategies or what steps could you offer this man or these men who are going through similar situations today? The best thing you can do, like you gave a lot of examples and there are different things you can or should do in those situations. But the best thing you can do honestly is get to get yourself either a coach or a therapist. I'm a big fan of it because like I did a lot of that myself. But it's so much easier and so much faster if you get somebody, and especially that's what you often need in that situation, you know? If if you're going through something bad, like, okay, it's let's say you had that abusive childhood or you, you went through that breakup. And yes, society said, like, it. I recently talked about this. We basically were told to bottle it up until you kill yourself. And it's honestly often just 
having that person you can talk to and open up to already relieves you from a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lightens the load when you share it. Correct. So I, I, it's a lot of like, if, if that's just at the verge of being overwhelming, right. And you get yourself that coach, you get yourself that therapist, or you even talk to a friend, you know, mm -hmm. it, it holds you back. Like it, it gets you back down. Yeah. So going back to this nine, nine month process, that's over now. Yeah. That's over. Yes. That's over a long time ago. Like that was around. Mm -hmm. Little, little longer than a year ago. Okay. So when it eventually happened, did anything change afterwards? Did you, or how did it happen? Was it what, was it then a relationship? Was it with a woman? Was it, did you have to give yourself permission to do that? I'm, the reason I'm asking is because you invest nine months into this extremely disciplined pursuit of retaining your semen. And it's almost, I feel you can almost get to the point where you want to hold on to that. You want to hold on to this clarity, focus, drive that, that you've developed over that nine month period. And that can come with a fear of losing it all if you let yourself go. So was letting yourself go a challenge? Um, not really, honestly, as you said, like I, I had those thoughts, okay. Do I really want to get into this because mental clarity, focus, drive, and do I really want to sleep, especially casually around, but this was, um, that was the turning point, by the way, mm. which I was no longer spinning plates then. So I actually just, I started dating, right? Yes. So I gave myself the permission to date again because the objective had been completed. Like my goal was to finish that book. And I told myself, okay, when that book is done, I'm free, right? Quote unquote, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. Like I can start dating again. But again, I wasn't interested in spinning place anymore. So I actually started dating with the intentions of getting into a relationship. And that's when, yeah, I like NoFap was always part of it. And when it wasn't semen retention, I was sleeping with somebody. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which was a healthy relationship. After that semen retention, yes, or at least it was better. Like, of course I still did some mistakes, you know, um, sometimes still lost to over. Sometimes I slept with women who I shouldn't have slept with and all of that, but it was getting better. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with those setbacks? Are you quite critical of yourself or have you developed a level of self-compassion where you can give yourself a bit of a break and say, you know what, it's okay. You've made a mistake. You're a human being. Pick yourself back up again and let's go. Or well, both of it. Both. Yeah. You've got to be your, like, I'm, I'm really critical to myself. I'm my biggest critic, but at the same time, you need to be self-compassionate. You know, if you make a mistake, that's part of the process. Like there's no reason to beat yourself down because of it. Mm -hmm. So yes, you got to be hard to yourself. You got to, okay, listen, you got to say, listen, that was a mistake. That's shouldn't happen again or will not happen again. But at the same time, it's part of the process. Mm -hmm. And just to bring it to the book, what does that book mean to you? Um, how I, I sh I'm sure you, you know how you feel when you create something for the very first time, like that's actually yours 
that's actually the first thing, like the first way of selling my knowledge, giving my knowledge to other people. So it feels really great. It's, it, it has come to a point like, um, because it's a little bit outdated because I also wrote about dating in it, but of course my mindset is completely different right now. And I tell myself, okay, I want to rewrite it, but at the same time, I, I have all those other books ideas and I was like, okay, take it down, you know, because I don't want to spread basically quote unquote misinformation or something, which I don't agree anymore. But at the same time, it's like your child, man. It's, yeah, you can't just take it down. It's, it's yours, you know, it's, it's really a hard decision. It really means a lot to me. Okay. So it's still, it's still out there. It's still out there. Yes. Where can these men find this book? Uh, you can find if, it. If you want them to find it. <laughs> well, it is actually, I have revisited it and added it, it again, primarily deleting stuff. I don't agree. So not rewriting it because I, I wrote two other books, which are basically uh, an extension of it, mm -hmm. but they can find it under holisticmanhood.com. This is where you can find all those links, all those books. And you can just dig yourself into it. Nice one. And what's, what is the type of work that you do right now? Just so that the men of this podcast can understand what that is, what it, looked like, what it looks like. The type of work that I do. Well, primarily I am an author. That's what I enjoy doing most. I've worked with hundreds of men, so I've coached one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. But I found that just writing books is something I enjoy so much more. Because I can put my, my, my thoughts better into words on a piece of paper than speaking, especially because of the fact that it is not my first language, you know, writing in English, you know, you have a lot of time to think about what you want to write, to restructure the, the sentence, but it's just something I enjoy really much, but that's not like, I'm still coaching other men. So I'm a man's coach and author emphasis on writing books. I still want to write a lot of books, still have ton tons of ideas, what I want to write about, but also want to work with men because I think it's important because I think men need somebody as a mentor, as a therapist, whatever. And because it was the same for me, you know, I also found influencers, call them influencers, you know, it doesn't matter. Men's coaches who made YouTube videos, for example, and I watched those videos and I looked up to these men and those men are the reason why I am here today, you know? So that's why I want to do the same. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for you. The fact that you're only 24 and seemingly quite new to the space, I think. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for what's to, to come for you, man. You're going to have uh, an incredible impact on the world and you've created a brilliant impact on this podcast episode. And I thank you so much for your time and for your value. And once again, where can the men find you or, or connect with you? Your Instagram page, for example. So first of all, I also appreciate it for inviting me over. Really was a great podcast. Thank, Thank you very much for taking time and inviting me over. And people can find me on Instagram. I run my brand under Holistic Manhood. You can find me everywhere, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. So just type in holistic manhood. Manuel Bora is my real name and you will find me.
brilliant yeah go check it out man because there's some brilliant content in there that will inspire you to grow and progress in your life thank you Manuel until thank next you time. also yes talk soon thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior podcast if this episode has added value to your life please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight information and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.